As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. The Athletic. Hi folks, welcome to another episode of the Athletic FPL Podcast. I'm Mark McGettigan, you'll find me on Twitter at FPL General. Recording this episode on Sunday evening, just after the brilliant 3-all draw at St James's Park between Newcastle and Manchester City. Another cracking game of football on a Sunday, much like Chelsea Tottenham last week. It's been a difficult game week for a lot of FPL managers. If you're in that boat... This episode should help to calm you down and have you feeling a lot more positive about the upcoming game weeks by the end of it, so stick with me. There's one more game to go, which is Manchester United versus Liverpool on Monday night. I somehow need Manchester United to win and Captain Salah, Trent and Robertson to save my game week. On today's podcast, I'll do a quick review of game week three. Welcome two new members to the 59th Minute Club, update the watch list, answer 10 questions from Twitter and take a look at captaincy and potential transfers for Game Week 4. It's another Saturday deadline this week. If you'd like to become an Athletic subscriber, which I highly recommend doing so, visit theathletic.com forward slash FPL pod to avail of the latest discount offer for new subscribers. A very brief review of how Game Week 3 has gone so far. So I had two free transfers. I only used one. Last Tuesday night, I ended up doing Bailey to Harrison Reed before the price drop. And I rolled the second free transfer. Currently sitting on 21 points with triple Liverpool to go, including captain. So a bit of a shocker, but a lot of people have had similar scores this week. Martinelli... Jesus and Haaland were the only players in my team to score more than two points. And like many others, Andreas Pereira was stuck on my bench as first sub with a frustrating eight-pointer. Blanks in the team for Danny Wards. Definitely getting a new goalkeeper this week. Blanks also for Rhys James, Cancelo, Nico Williams, who I started over Pereira. And also Mason Mount, who is very likely on his way out the door as well. Couple of new members to the 59th Minute Club. 
Aaron Hickey and Matthias Jensen at Brentford. So thank you, Thomas Frank, for that double substitution. And welcome to the club, Aaron Hickey and Matthias Jensen. So already four members in there. Keep an eye on those clocks in game week four and on Monday night for that Liverpool game as well. On to a watch list update. Going to talk you through which players I've removed and added as usual. But this week, I do this from time to time, every couple of weeks. I'm going to run through exactly the 30 players that are on my watch list at the moment as well in terms of defenders, midfielders and forwards. So first up, players I removed, having caught all of the highlights from the games on Saturday and Sunday. Saka is gone. I just think there's quite a few better picks at Arsenal in terms of value. There's probably four or five options, some of which I'll talk about later. You know, Saka's just not doing it at the moment, so not looking to bring him in anytime soon. I've got Martinelli, I've got Jesus. If I'm to buy a third one, it's more likely to be a defensive asset than Saka at the moment. Hyungman's son at Tottenham is also gone from the watch list. Three blanks in a row, costs about 12 million, just not doing enough. Just doesn't seem to be on it just yet this season, so not looking to go there. If I was to go back to a Tottenham attacker, looks like Kulisewski or Harry Kane over Son. Neto at Wolves is also gone, removed some of his teammates last week, the likes of Porence as well. Neto, again, I think got about 70 minutes in game week three, so no attacking returns, getting taken off early, so just not an option either. Jared Bowen, lot of you know talk about him going into the season, had a, such a good season last year. West Ham just not at the races yet either, and like Son, it's three blanks in a row for Bowen, so there is better options out there than the West Ham man. At Newcastle and Leicester, I've removed Willock and I've removed Dewsbury Hall. Now, these were two players only really on the watch list because I was quite keen on a Bailey replacement last week. In the end, I didn't bother with a straight swap for a 5 million, dropped down to 4.5. So Willock and Dewsbury Hall are no longer in my thoughts. Although Willock, I think he could become an option at some point this season. But again, at Newcastle, you've got Callum Wilson, you've got Sam Maximin, you've got quite a few good attacking options there. Players added to the watch list following game week three. Two more Arsenal players. There's quite a few on the watch list now. Odegaard's got his brace. Really good performance. Quiet in game week one and game week two in terms of FPL points. But we know how good this guy is. Arsenal captain for the season. Should take along nicely in terms of points. I said I'd be open to getting a Arsenal defensive asset. I'm not against getting a third attacker either. And Odegaard at about 6.5 million looks pretty good. Here's an interesting one. Didn't think he would be added to the watch list ever. Granit Xhaka. He has caught the eye in the opening game weeks because he's playing a slightly different role since Zinchenko's come in. What you tend to see happening, Zinchenko moves into Shaka's role, which gives Shaka the freedom to get forward. He gets into good positions, he's getting in the box, he's getting in, he's getting shots away. I think there will be attacking returns there if he continues to you know stay in the eleven and if Arsenal continue to play the same way. Now I'm not saying go and buy Shaka. I've seen a few people do it this week and they got some points, so well done. But again, the issue with Shaka is there's probably four or five better FPL picks in the Arsenal team. But he has a good option himself. He's only 5 million. So, yeah, interesting one there. Again, you've got to kind of forget about the Shaka that we've seen for previous seasons. And on recent evidence, he looks like a pretty good FPL pick. Trossards and McAllister, two more Brighton players added to the watch list as well. Trossard got his goal. He was very impressive when I watched him in game week one. McAllister on penalties. We, th- we were hoping it would be Pascal Gross. 
So now we've probably got three pretty good FPL options in the Brighton midfield. We've got Trossard, we've got Gross, and we've got McAllister if he's going to be taking the penalties. St. Maximin is added to the watch list following his hat-trick of assists. Always a fun pick. Watched the Wolves game yesterday. Very impressed with Guedes. The new sign-in got lots of shots away. So Neto's gone from the watch list and Guedes has been added. So we're going to keep a close eye on him. Final player added is a forward. Brennan Johnson at Nottingham Forest. Took his goal really well. He's dropped down, I think, to 5.9 million. So again, one for the watch list, one to keep an eye on. So just a quick run-through of the players on the watch list at the moment. The order of players here is based on price, nothing else. So defenders, Perisic, Zinchenko and Saliba. So Zinchenko and Saliba, both Arsenal picks. Walker, Kukurea, Trippier and Junk. Lots and lots of midfielders. I've actually grouped these by price, but also I've just grouped the... If there's three players on the same team, I'm just going to mention them all together. So at Man City, De Bruyne, Gundogan and Foden. Three very good options in midfield. Luis Diaz, Kulisevsky, James Madison, Wilfred Zaha. has had a very good start to the season. Then you've got the three Brighton guys, Trossard, Gross and McAllister. Odegaard and Shaka at Arsenal. St. Maximin, Rodrigo and Aronson at Leeds. Lots of talk about Rodrigo this week and no surprise, he's got four goals for a season. Top goal scorer in the Premier League and looks a really good FPL pick. More about him later. Aronson's got his first goal as well. Also looks a good option at about 5.5. Making up the midfielders is Guedes and Da Silva at Brentford. Six forwards on the watch list. Harry Kane, Callum Wilson, Ivan Tony, Alexander Mitrovic, Danny Welbeck and Brennan Johnson. So that gives you an idea of the player pool that I'm looking at at the moment when it comes to making my transfers on a Friday night. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 US-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. DirecTV gives you access to apps like Netflix and live sports right next to each other. I don't get it. Let me put it in pigeon terms. It's like that one amazing dumpster with the old fruit and cardboard all in one place. How am I supposed to keep up with illustrative metaphors when you are making me so hungry? Get live TV and streaming apps together without a satellite. Visit directtv.com. Requires high-speed internet-connected Gemini device and separate paid subscription to watch Netflix on DirecTV. Terms and restrictions apply. Time to tackle some Twitter questions now. Over 100 questions sent in on Sunday evening. I've picked out 10 of the best, which should cover all of the hot topics going into Game Week 4. First one is from Paul Goldsmith. What conditions need to be met for wildcard activation? So I think a lot of people will be tempted to wildcard this week. I was tempted last week. I'm probably even more tempted this week because you'll always find if you have a terrible game week, you feel like you automatically need to jump in and try and fix things. But just because you've had a bad game week, 
it doesn't necessarily mean things are broken. You know, bad game weeks are just part of every season. They will hit you at every point, you know, at some point in every every season. The key is how, how you react to them. You've got to stay calm. You can't overreact. You know, you had a good team on paper going into the game week. And just because they're sitting on 21 points with one game to go doesn't mean you need to rip up your team. For example, if I look at my team for game week four, I think... 10 out of 11 are playing at home if I get a new goalkeeper I could have 11 players playing at home for example so don't overreact in terms of the question what conditions need to be met for wildcard activation I think you've got to remember there is only three game weeks gone so we still don't have a lot of information we've got game week four coming up then game week five is midweek and then game week six is the weekend after so we've got three game weeks over seven days and then we've got champions league kicking in europa leagues there could be an awful lot of rotation this season so there's a lot of unknowns just yet so i still like the idea of holding off on the wild card until we get a little bit of information mainly about the rotation within the champions league teams and those first you know one or two group stage matches so your team really needs to be quite far away from where you want it to be to wildcard, I think, going into game week four. Let's say you've only got one free transfer this week. If you've got four or five major issues and you've got, let's say, you know, three or four really important assets that you think you need to own, then you know you can go for it. Like I said in previous episodes, it's never too early to wildcard this season because you have the unlimited transfers for game week 17. So don't take advice from others. Don't you know? Don't read too much about you know when to wildcard, when not to wildcard. Just sit down with your own team, look at the targets that you want to get. You know, focus on you know fixtures. If you've still got ten or eleven players with good fixtures this week, maybe you don't need to rush it. But yeah, I certainly wouldn't be looking to take big hits. Which brings me on to the second question from FPL Shoreham. What's your opinion on minus eights at this stage of the season? So. Those have been following me for a few seasons. You'll know I don't take too many hits at all. Last season, I didn't take any minus eights. I took a few minus fours, probably about seven or eight over the course of the season. But I never got to a stage of taking a minus eight. I just always think it's so hard to get points in FPL, as a lot of managers have seen this week. I'm always quite reluctant to give them back, especially if it's a minus eight or a minus 12. You know, in my head, a minus 12 is it's three goals from from your strikers so we know how hard it is to get those minus eights going into game week four i think if if i was tinkering and i felt like i needed to make three or four transfers and i was looking at a minus eight or a minus 12 then i think i would just press the wild card button again just give yourself that reset and don't go into game week four you know eight or 12 points down now there is certain scenarios where a minus eight and keeping your wild card a little bit longer will probably look good as well and it's often quite a hard decision. Do I minus eight or do I wildcard? But for me, you know, personally over the years, not too keen on minus eights. So I probably would hit the wildcard button in that scenario. Question from Simon Ashby. There will be a lot of people whose rank is around two to three million. Is it still possible to have a good season from that kind of start? Absolutely yes. Now it's not just managers who are at two or three million. There's plenty of managers right there that are going to be five, six, seven million right now. And you've got to keep reminding yourself, it's game week three. It's the 21st of August. It's extremely early in the season. It's it's very easy to beat yourself up and get frustrated by the game. I found myself getting frustrated over the last week or two. 
obviously haven't had a fantastic start but i keep coming back to that it's august it's it's game week three it's a marathon not a sprint stay calm the points will come the green arrows will come if you've had a bad start you're setting yourself a challenge you haven't had the best start but just enjoy the ride then there's gonna be green arrow after green arrow and you can build up a lot of momentum so my scenario as an example for people i am currently before the liverpool man united game 3.5 million overall and i'm not worried whatsoever I think my game week rank this week so far is 8.8 million. There's only about 9 million players, so it couldn't have gone much worse so far. But on the flip side of that, I had a quick look. I don't use livefpl.net too much. It's a fantastic website, but I try not to look at effective ownership and all that kind of stuff. And, and I don't look at my live rank during a game week anymore. But for this question, I thought I'd go and have a look. They've got a great feature. It's called a what if feature. It's probably the only reason I'm going to use the website this season because it, it always makes me feel better if you're having a bad game week. I'm 3.5 million right now on Sunday night, but I plugged into the what-if machine. What if Salah gets a goal, an assist, and three bonus, which would be 14 points, 28 points as captain? And what if Trent and Robertson get a clean sheet against Manchester United? Let's say Trent and Robertson just get six points each and Salah gets 28 as captain. That would put me from 3.5 million on Sunday night to bang on 1 million rank on Monday night. So it just shows you in one game with three players, including the captain, you can chalk off 2.5 million in rank. That just shows you how tight things are in this early part of the season. So stay calm, don't panic, don't overreact, don't press a wild card just because you've had a bad game week. Yes, there will be squads this week where a wild card is viable and it's probably the right decision. But take some time. You don't need to activate it on, on Monday or Tuesday. Give yourself some time to, to mull it over. Question from John Townsend. What can we learn for the rest of the season from the rush to jump off Bailey due to a price drop? And then he goes and starts and gets an assist. So Bailey's probably not the best example here. But there will be times where you sell a player because they're underperforming and they go out the next week and, and they bang in a goal or they bang in an assist. It's, it's just the way FPL works. But I think the, th- the thing I've always tried to do is just give players time. You know, you, I did it with Mason Mount this week. Game week three, kept him. It didn't work, obviously. I was watching the highlights early. He did have a decent chance. He almost scored. But it's probably a, a three or four game week span I give players. Mount's probably going to go this week. I've given him three game weeks. I could give him another one, but I've got other fires to fight and Mount's quite an easy way to free up some cash. So I always try and keep three or four game weeks in my head. Usually when I buy a player, it's based on fixtures and usually they'll have three or four good fixtures anyway. So I try and ride that out before I jump off. The Bailey example was, yes, he got an assist. Yes, he started. Yes, it was annoying. But before the game week started, it was absolutely the right decision to let him go because we couldn't say for sure that he was going to start because he didn't start in game week two. And he did come off early anyway in this game, even though he got the assist. So yeah, players like Bailey, if they're not sure of starts and they're getting early substitutions, you know, it's it's always absolutely fine to sell them. Uh, Mason Mount's probably a better example there. Question from Heavy Metal FPL. Who are the best goalkeeper upgrades for those selling Everson this week? And Heavy Metal mentioned Sanchez or Raya. So I'm going to throw in a few other options here because I am 100% getting a new goalkeeper this week. It was one of the reasons I rolled my second transfer last week. I freed up 0.5 so I could do Everson to Rea or Sanchez now. And I've still got another free transfer to use as well. So 
obviously if you're on the Ward Everson double up you keep Ward because he's playing games and you sell Everson and then you just put Ward on your bench had a look at some expected goals conceded numbers I like to use this for goalkeepers and defenders it's a very small sample size but it does give us an idea of how the first few weeks have gone for these defences so Sanchez and Brighton they've got the third best expected goals conceded in the league so far with 2.49 and in terms of Rea uh, Brentford are 15th for expected goals conceded with 4.08 so on that metric that would suggest that Sanchez is the better pick as your goalkeeper Brighton and Brentford have got quite similar fixtures up until about game week 8 when I think a lot of people will wildcard so I'm going to just slightly side towards Sanchez on what we've seen in the first three game weeks of the season I think Brighton have been more impressive than Brentford I think both teams have been impressive in certain games but I think overall I've been very impressed with Brighton so I think I'm going to lean towards him but that's only if you're going for a 4.5 option because I think there's other options worth considering as well if you've got a bit of cash Ramsdale at five I've only got two Arsenal assets so I'm quite keen on Ramsdale I think Nick Pope is another option Newcastle have got decent fixtures as well and we know historically himself and Ramsdale are, are perfectly designed to be good FPL point scorers in terms of bonus and stuff like that and I still like Ederson yes they conceded three to Newcastle I think there's a good chance that might just be uh, a blip in the road and they'll go back to keeping regular clean sheets after this so yeah Ramsdale, Pope, Ederson, Sanchez and Rea are probably the five under consideration for me I'll probably go Sanchez if I go 4-5 I'll probably go Ramsdale if I'm going for a 5 and then I just need to decide whether it's worth spending the extra on Ederson Arsenal actually have the best expected goals conceded in the league so far as well so that's another tick for Ramsdale question from Viljar are Chelsea too shaky at the back for a defensive double-up? James and Kukurea are also playing centre-back at times as well. Are the likes of Trippier and Perisic better options? Yeah, I think it was clear to see. I think when you see Chelsea losing 3-0 to Leeds, you straight away think, right, I don't want to have double Chelsea defence here. Kante is a huge miss. Kovacic is also a huge miss. Koulibaly is going to have uh, probably a one-game ban now after his red card as well. So I've got Rhys James and I'm certainly not in a rush to get a second one. I talked Kukurea up last week, but that changes now once they've conceded three goals to lead. So Rhys James, I'm probably going to keep him because I've got other issues and I'm not looking to double up. If you are on the double up, it's probably okay to keep because they do have good fixtures and you just hope they improve. But if you don't have other issues... I don't mind selling one of James or Kukurea either. It is frustrating to see James playing right centre-back with Loftus-Cheek, of all people, playing right wing-back. So hopefully that changes in the near future as well. Viljar did mention Trippier and Perisic. Are they better options? I'm not going to go out and say Trippier is a better option than James just yet, but he's had a very good start to the season. Got the two clean sheets, scored a crack and free kick against City. So that's one difficult fixture out of the way as well for Trippier. I know a lot of people benched him this week or sold him. Don't beat yourself up about that either. That was perfectly justified given the fixtures coming up with City and Liverpool. But Trippier, now that he's got the City one out of the way, he's in my thoughts. If I sell Mason Mount, it frees up cash to get myself a new goalkeeper. 
If I went for someone like Rodrigo, I could upgrade Nico Williams and go five at the back. So players like Trippier and Perisic are definitely in my thoughts this week when it comes to transfers. Perisic, fantastic. Well done if you had him. Yes, he was frustrating game week one and game week two, but you're rewarded if you kept him for game week three or you brought him in for game week three. Question is fitness and rotation. Now the Champions League is kicking in soon, but I just think he's I think he's that good as an FPL prospect that we probably just need to go there and just take the benchings on the chin. Other options from Trippier or Perisic if you want something else. Like I said, get yourself an Arsenal defender or get yourself a Manchester City one. I still think Walker is a good pick at a cheap price as well. Question from Sebastian Bale. Best replacement for Mason Mount. Do we go straight for another 8 million mids or should we look to someone like Rodrigo and upgrade in other positions? So yeah, this is what I'm leaning towards. I'm leaning towards selling Mount. Now these are, again, these are my early thoughts on a Sunday night so I need to process a lot of information before I make my moves on Friday. But early thoughts are probably Mount out for Rodrigo because he's smashing it and I like Leeds' fixtures for the next couple of weeks as well. And by going Mount to Rodrigo, you might even have a better FPL asset but you've also got you know, almost 2 million to spend elsewhere so I can fix my goalkeeper. And if I take a minus four, I could get a, a better defender in for Nico Williams as well. So it depends on your team. If you don't have as many problems as I do, for example, if you've got a good goalkeeper, you could just switch mount for a Luis Diaz. If Luis Diaz does well against Manchester United, I think an awful lot of people are going to bring him in. That even might trigger wildcards for people. If Diaz outperforms Robertson again, Martinelli, again, if you don't have him, go there first. Kulosevsky, still like him as an option. Madison's been ticking along, attacking returns in every game week. I just find it quite hard to trust Leicester at the moment overall, which is why I've got slight concerns about going for Madison. Foden's an option, Gundogan. Then you're getting a little bit cheaper. Wilfred Zaha, he's got Manchester City next. But if Newcastle scored three, surely Zaha can get on the score sheet there as well. And, and they've got good fixtures after that. But yeah, I'm leaning towards Rodrigo or someone like that in that price bracket and then upgrading other positions. Question from Ollie. For those of us who have gone big at the back, is the dream over? Absolutely not. Again, it's three game weeks and it's it's one game week really. A lot of people are downbeat about big at the back because of how game week three has gone. We still haven't had the Liverpool game. If Trent and Robbo get clean sheets in that one, that might make people think a little bit differently. I still think there's lots and lots of very good, affordable premium defenders out there I've currently got four premium defenders and I've got Nico Williams and even though big at the back didn't go very well for a lot of people in game week three I'm open to the idea of going big at the back game week four by selling Nico Williams for a Perisic or a Trippier or an Arsenal defender or something like that so no big at the back I would stick with it for now question from Mark what to do with Son Mark is thinking of going straight to De Bruyne, but Spurs still have a good run of fixtures despite him being off form. Yeah, Son just doesn't look right to me, so I would be looking to sell. Uh, and I think De Bruyne is the ideal replacement. Looking at fixtures, Tottenham have Nottingham Forest, West Ham, Fulham next three, while City have Crystal Palace, Nottingham Forest and Aston Villa. So pretty similar there, but obviously Manchester City the better team and De Bruyne is looking on it at the moment, while Son isn't. So I prefer De Bruyne to Son, so I would probably make that switch. But again, you probably got to f- make sure you don't have other bigger issues to deal with first. Final question for this week is from Loyal. Is it time to go for a third forward? And he mentions Ivan Tony, Mitrovic and Welbeck. Yeah, I'm going to throw Callum Wilson in here as well. 
Although there was comments, I think, after the game that Wilson came off early and I think there was concerns about his hamstring at half time. So that's one to keep an eye on if you're thinking about buying. Look out for comments on Friday in Eddie Howe's press conference. I think three forwards is perfectly viable. A lot of people have Haaland or Kane plus Jesus and there's certainly scope for a third forward. Those players mentioned, Tony looks great. Mitrovic looks great. Welbeck's had a good start to the season. I still much prefer Tony or Mitrovic though. And Wilson, if he's okay for game week four, I like him as well. So yeah, I think if I was wildcarding this week, I'd be building a couple of drafts that have three forwards and I think they'd probably feel pretty good. It's the way my squad's set up at the moment and a lot of people, if you've got a 4.5 million forward, it's quite hard to get to a third forward, which is quite frustrating in a way because I would love to get a Tony or a Mitrovic this week. So I might look at that later in the week to see if I can get there without without using that wild card. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. DirecTV gives you access to apps like Netflix and live sports right next to each other. I don't get it. Let me put it in pigeon terms. It's like that one amazing dumpster with the old fruit and cardboard all in one place. How am I supposed to keep up with illustrative metaphors when you are making me so hungry? Get live TV and streaming apps together without a satellite. Visit directtv.com. Requires high-speed internet-connected Gemini device and separate paid subscription to watch Netflix on DirecTV. Terms and restrictions apply. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Game week four captaincy now. I think the prime candidates are Salah at home to Bournemouth. Haaland and Kevin De Bruyne are at home to Crystal Palace. Jesus has a home game against Fulham. So lots of the the big teams and the big assets have home games this week. And then you've got Kane away to Nottingham Forest. I'm not going to include Son this week because I think Kane is the better option at the moment. So for me... Before I've seen what Salah does against Manchester United, I've placed the armband on him for the Bournemouth fixture because I just think Bournemouth is the best fixture of all those that I mentioned. I watched Bournemouth against Arsenal and Arsenal were just in complete control for 90 minutes. So I expect Salah and Liverpool to do the same in game week four. So Salah captain for me, but I'll give it more thought later in the week. In terms of early transfer thoughts, I kind of mentioned it earlier. I've got two free transfers. My notes here say I'm not happy with the team at the moment. I need a new goalkeeper this week. Pope and Ramsdale are options if I don't go for a 4.5. I don't love having to start one of Pereira or Nico Williams at the moment. So I want to try and address that this week as well. I want to make my 11th man stronger so I don't have to start Nico or Pereira each week. Patience with Mason Mount is running out. He's probably going to go. The wildcard temptation is there again this week, but with two frees and maybe minus four, the squad will be looking much healthier. So I could do something like Everson, Nico Williams and Mason Mount to a new goalkeeper, Perisic and Rodrigo for a minus four and straight away 
my team will look so much better. So I feel calmer having looked at it tonight. Not going to wildcard this week. I'd say there's a zero chance I wildcard this week unless there's major injuries or something like that during the week. I think there is a lot of League Cup games this week. I think there's about 15 Premier League teams in action. West Ham are playing in Europe. I think Man City are playing a friendly in Barcelona for some reason. So again, probably is about time we started to be a bit more patient with our transfers because there's a lot happening during the week which could change our thoughts before the weekend. Have a good week, folks, and I'll talk to you again on Friday with another episode after the press conferences. If you'd like to hear more from me in the meantime, visit patreon.com forward slash FPL general, where you'll get eye test podcasts for every game I watch, a Thursday night live stream and a team reveal before the deadline. Thank you for listening. The Athletic.